<clears throat> is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let the elders pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Hallelujah. Verse 16, we dealt with last week, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I want you to say that last line with me together right now. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let's say it again. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I see some lips not moving all together right now. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord's hand on this time as we open his word together. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is light, it's life, it's instruction, it's correction. And I ask, Lord, that this morning your word would accomplish all that you desire it to in every one of our lives. Come on, church. With your mouth, I want you to pray for a mighty anointing. Pray with your spirit. Pray with your understanding. Lift your voice right now. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and to begin to fill and to saturate this place, almighty God. I pray, Jesus, the same anointing that was upon you to preach good news to the poor would rest upon me right now, that I would preach to every hungry heart in this place. Lord, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes that see, ears that hear, a heart and a mind that perceives what your spirit is speaking. And I bind the works of the enemy. He who would seek to distract, to distort, to confuse, or uproot your word as it comes forward. Lord, I pray, give us liberty in receiving your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody say, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We over the last number of months, have really been dealing with the power of our words. Everybody, turn to your neighbor and say, your words have power. Come on, tell your other neighbor, your words have power. It's very important. We've dealt with uh, some of the great uses for your words, how uh, uh, if you're sick, well, you should pray, hallelujah. If you're in victory and overcoming, well, you should praise the Lord. If you have need in your life, you should call out for leaders to pray for you. If you're a leader who's being called on to pray, then boy, you better pray with faith, hallelujah. If you're in sin or you need freedom or restoration, we talked last week about the power of confession. And I was I was pretty blessed, man. I, I honestly didn't know how that message was going to go over last week. Are people going to preach about confession, about sin? But boy, a lot of people stepped out. A lot of people confessed, and God brought freedom. It's so wonderful. It's so powerful. But today, we summarize all of this with a powerful exhortation, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you would love to know when you pray, 
your prayers are effective. Okay? Like half of you. Amen. Um, now, let me ask you again. You guys are getting your notes ready. I know, I know. Uh, how many of you say, when I pray, I want to know that my prayers are effective. My prayers are working. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to waste my breath. I want to know that when I'm praying, the Lord is hearing, that he's moving. I'm discerning his will, that he's intervening. I want to know that my prayers are availing much. Uh, let me read that out of a couple different translations. The Amplified says that the heartfelt and persistent prayer, everyone say persistent prayer talked about that a couple months ago with Elijah. The reason he saw breakthrough was because of his persistence in prayer. So that's important. The heartfelt, persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, is able to accomplish much. Uh, when put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and it has tremendous power. Hallelujah. The New Living Translation says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The Passion says tremendous power is released through passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Amen. How many of you want to see the power of God released when you pray? How many of you want to see God move when you pray? Hallelujah. I believe we're going to move into this realm. But I already know there are people who are listening to me right now, and you have already disqualified yourself from praying effective prayers because you see that phrase in that text, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Uh-oh, pastor, you don't understand. I've still got problems and shortcomings in my life, so I'm not righteous. That's why my prayers aren't being answered. Today, I want to destroy a deception that has tried to creep into certain hearts. Some of you have already disqualified yourself, and I don't think I can pray powerfully because I've not been perfected. But, but I, I want, I'm, I'm going to just tell you guys, I, I'm not coming with deep revelation today. I, I'm going to come with one of the most basic messages on prayer that I have ever prayed. But that's what some of us need. Sometimes we get too theological and, man, we begin to we stop functioning. I'm telling you, I've watched now people get saved, and in the first months, they pray more effectively. They see God do more. They're better witnesses than people who've been walking after Jesus for decades. That's why Jesus said, uh, uh, you ought to learn how to pray and believe like children. I mean, you want to see faith? Go hang out with Apple and Kids Ministry. For real. You'll watch like, you know, man, if somebody's sick or somebody's suffering in their home, watch the way these kids pray. There's not an ounce of unbelief. And these kids are honest, man. They know how to pray. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Now, I want you to write this verse down. This is something that everybody should memorize. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Here it is on the screen. Everybody needs to memorize this. If you have just gotten saved, this should be one of the very first verses that somebody teaches you. If you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, you need to know this. For he, the Father, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, he was sinless, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in 
him in Christ. He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for me, for you, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with you this morning, and I'm happy to do it. I'm about to offend every religious person, and I'm about to liberate every person who considers them a heathen. Are you ready for this? I don't think you're ready. How many of you are in Christ? How many of you have been born again? You're in Christ. Okay. If, you, if you're not, I'm going to give you the opportunity before we end our service today to do that. If you are in Christ, you are just as righteous as Jesus Christ himself. That's right. You, if you are in Christ, are just as righteous as Jesus himself. You say, how is that possible? Listen, righteousness according to God does not have to do with what you do or do not do. It has to do with where you are. It has nothing to do about how many commandments you broke today versus how many good deeds you did. That matters very little. What matters in God's eyes is where you are. Are you in Christ? Because if you're in him, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Just as righteous, just as perfected as he is. If you die and go to heaven, or if the Lord were returned today, if today is the day you stand before God and give an account for your life, when he looks at you, he looks at you and he sees the perfect life of his son applied to you. That's a big deal, friend. Don't ever disqualify yourself. You realize that these guys who are getting baptized today, they are being immersed into the body of Jesus Christ. They are today. I don't care if they're getting saved this morning and getting baptized this afternoon. They today are just as righteous as Jesus Christ himself is. Some of you who've been walking with the Lord for 30, 50, 70 years, guess what? These guys who are getting saved and baptized today, they are just as righteous as Jesus is. They're just as righteous as you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So don't ever disqualify yourself saying, well, my prayers aren't working because I'm not righteous. Friend, if you're in Jesus... And listen, you just stay in Jesus. That's, that's the simplicity of it all. I understand. Man, I, I, I step outside every once in a while. I get fleshy like we all do, right? And that's why we fast. I'm going to kill this flesh. I'm not going to be led by my belly. I'm not going to be led by my passions, my desires, even though at times my brain does talk to me. Hurt that person. You deserve better than this. You're somebody. I understand. We all have those moments, but I bring those things into subjection. Say, Jesus, no, I'm coming back to you. I'm not going there. And if I'm in him, 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want you to say those words with me out loud right now. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I, I hope you get that. It has nothing to do with what you do or don't do. It has everything to do with where you are. And if you're in him, you are righteous. Let me give you another example of this in Exodus chapter 3. You may remember Moses is going for a walk. He's looking for a sheep. And he goes by a burning bush. And he hears the voice of the Lord say, do not draw near this place. Take off your slipper, as we would say in Hawaii. Take them off your feet, for the place that you stand is holy ground. He's walking on a mountain. He's looking in a cave where sheep apparently go to hide. There's dirt on the ground. There is nothing spectacular about this place. What makes this place holy? Only one thing. When God himself shows up. That place is not holy outside of God. But if God is there, it's holy. This building is nothing. But when God shows up, this is holy ground. Your life is very little, but when God makes you his dwelling place, when his spirit abides on the inside of you, friend, guess what? You are holy. You are righteous. You are a son. You have an inheritance. You have rights. You're everything that God is. I know some of you struggling with that. Some of your, your religious mind is like, but what about Stop it. Believe the word. Believe the word of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I have the same access. I, have, I am an heir and I am a co-heir with Jesus. I am a son of the most high God. The things Jesus has access to, I have access to. I'm walking in my life under an open heaven. I have access. I have intimacy. I have approval from my Father in heaven. Is anybody with me on this today? Okay. And some of you will get it. Friend, I, I, you, you, know where, you know where this comes from? I spend time in the Word of God. I'm spending time just reading Romans chapter 8. And Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8. Because it's all this. It's like you, you've moved beyond sin and being cleansed of your guilt. And now you get into this place where it's like, the Spirit of God is in me, and I'm a son who has an inheritance, and I'm beholding God as in a mirror, and I'm being transformed into his image, into his likeness. I'm looking more and more like Jesus every day of my life. This only comes from the Scripture, friend. Oh, and it'll mess you up. You want to break religion off of your life? Start getting in the Bible. It's start for, you know, okay, one last thought, and then I, oh, geez, how, how does this time go? But, you know, I, I grew up in a church that it's like, you'll always be a sinner. 
We all sin every day. I'd hear the pastor, I sin every day. I was listening to a guy on Facebook the other day, a, a pastor who I used to like until yesterday. And he made a statement. He's like, you know, he's like, he's like, we, we all sin all the time. He's like, if I were to take the thoughts that you have thought, even in this service, and to play a recording of those thoughts on the TV screen, you would be ashamed and run out of here because of the things that have run through your brain. And I'm sitting here thinking like, not me. And I'm not saying this in arrogance, right? I'm not saying I'm sinless. I do fall short. But I don't sin every 10 minutes. I don't sin every hour. I have not sinned since I came into church today. Like, honestly. Now, I might be moving towards pride or something just in saying this. I don't know. i got to keep that in check. But I, I, I grew up with people saying, you'll always be a sinner. You'll always sin. You'll always be a sinner. You'll always, and, and guess what? I was. And then I started getting around people who started saying, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the first, he's the firstborn amongst many brethren and we're the brethren. And we have the rights to be sons of God. And, and I began to hear this kind of talk. And all of a sudden I noticed, you know what? My brain isn't going off as often as it used to. I do look more like Jesus today than I did a year ago. I do have more faith. And I, friend, you don't need to live in sin. You do not need to live in sin. All right, I need to move on because I've actually got a lot of content. Point number one. <laughs> oh, can you tell I get excited about this? We're going to learn to pray. I'm going to give these to you very quickly. You want to know some keys to praying effective prayers? Number one, you need to have time to pray. Have time to pray. Number one, have a time to pray. Mark 1.35, in the morning, having risen up long before daylight, Jesus went out. He departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus believed in early morning prayer. He'd get up before the sun came up, and he would go, and he would pray. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, that's 3 in the afternoon, and they prayed. Daniel 6 says that Daniel prayed three times a day. Psalm 55 says David prayed evening, morning, and noon. Psalm 119, uh, the, the psalmist says that he got up at midnight to pray. So the point is, pray anytime, but designate a time to pray. You might be a night owl, pray at night. You might be an early bird, pray in the morning. Maybe you're one who likes, you know, I just, I, I like to sprinkle my day with prayer. Great, pray morning, noon, and night. Maybe you like to disrupt your schedule altogether. Set your alarm for midnight, but set a time to pray. My kids know Monday through Friday at 6.30, we're going to pray. We have a morning corporate prayer meeting. But I set personal time. Every time I go into the office for the first 30 minutes, I'm not opening emails. I'm not looking at my calendar. I'm not getting on calls for the first 30 minutes before I do anything else. I pray. Because I want God's wisdom. I want his heart. I'm not going to try and do the work of the Lord if I'm, not, if I'm not with him. You understand? So you take time. Designate. Every night, every night is when I spend time in the word and in personal prayer. I do it every night. 
I spend the better part of two hours, just me and Jesus, every night. You need to set time. Get it in your schedule to get with Jesus. Everybody say time. You have time. You do have time. You, ever, you want me to prove to you you have time, just open up in your iPhone and look at screen time. Hallelujah. Just look at your screen time. If you take half of your social media time, I'm telling you, you'll outpray most pastors. Hallelujah. All right. So number two, we need to have a place to pray. You need to have a place. I'm tra- Again, I'm giving you practicals on prayer. So you understand your righteousness. I spent maybe too much time on that. But you need to have time and you need to have a place to pray. Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. He prayed in solitary places. Matthew 6, 6 says, go into a room, shut the door, go into the secret place, pray to the Father in secret, and he will reward you openly. So Corporate prayer is powerful. These moments of prayer we share together, powerful. But you also need to have a secret place of prayer. There are things I pray when I'm by myself that nobody else hears about. I don't bring it to the church. I don't bring it to my spouse or my kids. I bring it to Jesus. It's me and the Father in the secret place, and I'm communing with him. And no, you can't come peek in in my personal prayer time. That's my secret place. You need to have a secret place. You need to have a private place of prayer where you can go. Find an isolated place on the beach. I'll tell you, that sinner that's building my house right now, that's a, from the offering, never mind. Um, but I'm telling you, it's on a, it's on a property with, with some woods around it because that's where I want my seat. I want to be able to walk through the woods and, and talk to Jesus and to go into a, a, a desolate places like Jesus did, uh, uh, go into secluded places where it's just me and him and I can talk to the Lord. And we all need to have places like that. Amen? So have a place and you can find a place. There was even a time my wife and I were living in a small condo in Lahaina and um, I'd made a commitment during a particular season. Lou Engel, famous intercessor, uh, he was calling people during that particular time to pray at 11 o'clock at night and to, to block off an hour or two to pray. And I committed that I was going to do that during this season. Uh, the problem is my wife likes to go to bed at 8 o'clock. She'd actually go to bed at 7 if I let her, but I'm no, that's excessive, Leah. And so... Um, so, but my point is, all, everybody was asleep, and, uh, and I'm going to get in a moment. I, I pray out loud, and I, and I have a conviction about that. So I'm not about to go shouting around in our house when my whole family's trying to sleep. So during that season, my secret place was in the car. At 11 o'clock at night, I go sit in the car. I turn it on, get on the air, because I don't need that to be a sauna at that time. But, uh, but I would go in the car, and that would be the place that I would pray. So you need to have time. You need to have a place. But you need to, thirdly, have a plan for prayer. You need to have a plan. Everyone say a plan. So let me give you one plan. In Luke 11, 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. I love this. I mean, they watched Jesus do a whole lot of things, preach and work miracles and, you know, build leadership teams and all this stuff. And they didn't ask Jesus about any of that. They asked him one thing, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And this is what Jesus taught them, Matthew 6 and verse 19. 
our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, let me just tell you, this is not just a prayer that you read off of the page or that you rehearse when you've memorized. Uh, I use this still about 90% of the time that I pray. When I go into the secret place, this is typically the model that I use to pray. But I don't just read it. I'll break it down. It's a, it's a model. It's a, it's a plan for prayer. And let me give you the plan. This actually comes from Dr. Bob Rogers. I'm going to give him credit. Uh, Dr. Morocco taught me that when you borrow, when you glean is the spiritual word. I glean. I don't steal. I'm gleaning from Dr. Bob Rogers. He said the first time, you give him credit. Okay, I got this from Dr. Bob Rogers. Uh, the second time, you say something like, uh, I read this somewhere, and then you give it to him. The third time, it's yours. It's yours. And so uh, this is the first time, so I'm quoting him. If you hear me preaching it down the word, like, I have this revelation, let me give it to you, uh, you'll understand why I say it that way. So our fa- so let me give you, there's, this is the plan right here, and you, you write this down. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's praise. Everybody say praise. So you come out the gate. The same way we come into the house of God. You come into his courts with thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise. You come in with praise and worship and adoration, even in the place of prayer. I I spent some time uh, on one occasion, I was looking at all the prayers that are recorded in the Bible, Old and New Testament, and nearly every single one of them begins with praise. It all begins. So don't come out the gate. Lord, this is what I need. Lord, here's, uh, here's, here's my sin. No, you begin by praising him. God, you are so wonderful. Lord, I honor. Hallowed is your name. I revere your name as holy. You are worthy of my praise. You are glorious. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. Thank you, Lord, for health in my body. Thank you, Lord, for the lives of my children. Thank you, God, for giving me the privilege of living in Hawaii. Lord, I thank you. You are so good. Thank you for my amazing church. I honor and I bless your holy name. God, God, you are so good, so much better than I deserve. I honor you, Father, and I thank you for your goodness. You come out in the place of praise. Everybody say praise. Now, the second thing, it says your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what I would call priority. Number two is priority, giving you a plan for prayer. First praise, then priority. You pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so how do I pray for this church? Lord, let this be a hub of your kingdom right here on the earth. That when people step into this place, it's just as in heaven. Like they're stepping into the heavenly realm where sickness, where oppression, where where all tears, Lord, where, where every negative thing just falls off of people because they've stepped into the heavenly realm. Let your kingdom come. When I'm praying for Lahaina, that's how I pray. Lord, let your kingdom come to Lahaina where there's been devastation and loss of life. 
life. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let the church rise up in this time. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Jesus, just like you prayed, not my will, but your will, Father, be done. So, Lord, I surrender my will. This is why I pray before I get into church business. Lord, I know what I want, but what is your will? I know how I would respond to this email, but what's your will? I know what I would speak to my children, but what's your will? What's your will for my marriage? What's your will for my business? What's your will for my church? Where would you have me go? What would you have me do? You pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Boy, that brings everything into perspective. Thirdly, you pray, give us this day our daily bread. That's provision. Everyone say provision. Lord, give me today what I need for tomorrow. Lord, you've never let me go without housing, without food. You've never allowed my bills to go unpaid, and you know what I have need of even before I ask. And you encourage me, don't worry. I can't add one hour to my life by worrying, so I cast my burdens on you. I give you, Lord, every concern. Eradicate debt. Move me into the realm of prosperity. Increase my businesses and my finances. You are El Shaddai. You are the all-sufficient one, the God of more than enough. Lord, you are you are Jehovah Jireh you are my provider and you will supply my every need and give me an abundance so I can be generous on every occasion show me where to put my finances show me how to invest wisely show me Lord how to build an inheritance that I can leave to my children and to my children's children almighty God show me how to steward the finances you've trusted to this church show me where we should invest our giving to, to give to a need on Maui or to give to a missionary or to support an evangelist, Lord. Show me what to do. Lord, supply. Give me this day my daily bread. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. I'm giving you guys a peek into how I pray, okay? Number four, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Number four is pardon. Pardon. So you praise, you get God's priority. Third is provision, and fourth is pardon. Now, Again, I'm not going to go back on this whole righteousness thing. But I grew up with such a sin consciousness that when I would come into church from week to week, for the first two or three songs in worship, I wasn't worshiping. I was over here, Lord, forgive me for this, and Lord, forgive me for this, and Lord, forgive And, and finally, by like the second, maybe the third song, I finally felt uh, clean enough to actually come in and begin to participate in worship. Notice something. The way Jesus himself, God in the flesh, taught us how to pray. Believe me, when you go into the place of prayer, the Father knows every area you have blown it already. But you don't begin with that. You begin by praise. You begin by priority, your kingdom, your will, even your needs. Think about that. Lord, provide for my household. Provide for my life. Even before you bring your faults before him. Boy, that'll jack with you. You mean I don't have to start with my sin? No. Pray the way Jesus taught you to pray. I think sometimes we idolize our sin. and just No wonder you keep on falling, friend. Look at him first. Look at his kingdom. Praise Him. 
Pray for his will. No, he wants to be your provider even before he asks you to deal with all your trash. So you do pray, Lord, you know where I've blown it. Forgive me. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Cleanse me. Forgive me, Lord, where I've exalted myself above measure. Forgive me, Lord, for that thing that I thought, for what I said to my wife. Forgive me, Lord, for the attitude I had. Forgive me, Lord, when I was angry with you. Forgive me, Lord, when I was impatient with my children. Will you cleanse me? Will you wash me? Will you forgive me by your precious blood? Forgive me as you forgive those who've sinned against you. I don't know about that one right there, but let me tell you, this is how I deal with that. When I'm praying, I say, Lord, is there anybody I need to forgive? And then I see the picture of that stupid person pop up right in my brain. Oh, yeah, that one. Uh, I prayed for some of you guys at this part in my prayer. I'm just... Lord, I forgive them. Why? Jesus, right after he teaches about the Lord's Prayer, because he probably knew that people would be hung up on this one. But he says, he says, if you don't forgive other people their sins, my Father will not forgive you your sins. That's a freaky one, friend. There are people who will miss heaven because they've been unwilling to forgive. It's not that they deserve it. What did Jesus do? We received communion. We were reflecting on his sacrifice earlier today. The way they hurled insults and abuses and, and nailed him to a cross under false accusations. And what does Jesus say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And if Jesus was willing to do that, how much more? You know, people, people ask the question, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Lord, I was right, and they sinned against me. How dare they? Well, I, I love what Brother R.C. Sproul said. He said, how does he respond when someone says, why do bad things happen to good people? He said, that only happened once, and he volunteered. I need to pray for healing. I feel like I've hit you guys with a lot of. Father, I forgive that person who sinned against me. Father, I release them. You'll take care of it. I ask you to heal me of unforgiveness. I release them the same way, Lord. You were faithful to forgive those who sinned against you. You were faithful to forgive me even when I sinned against you. So I'll forgive others. I release those debts. They owe me nothing. I trust them to your care. Forgive me, forgive them in Jesus' name. And then, then he says, oh, I like this one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's power. Everybody say power. So you're praying, God, you're going to order my steps. You said that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. So, Lord, I ask you to lead me in paths of integrity. Lead me in places that I won't fall, that I will not fail. Lord, show me where to go and what to do. And deliver me from evil, Lord. Everything that would try and tear me down or keep me bound or keep me oppressed. Every mindset, every addiction, break it in the name of Jesus. I give you my burdens and I ask you to set me free. Expose evil in my 
my life. Expose evil in the church. Expose evil in our government, Lord. Deliver us from evil, Almighty God. Move me into the realm of liberty and freedom in the name of Jesus. And then the last part I like this is, Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. You know what that is? Praise. We started with praise and you end with praise. Because listen, you begin to pray this way, you will begin to see God move and answer. Wow, my family is saved. Whoa, my marriage is blessed. Wow, my business is increasing. Whoa, I'm walking in freedom. I don't have to repent as often as I did. I don't even have anybody I need to forgive today. Hallelujah. You're going to begin to see God is bringing breakthrough and provision and he's moving. And you don't say, wow, I must pray so good. Oh my, I'm in such favor. No, you say, Lord, It's because your kingdom is being made manifest on the earth. It's because you have all power, and I give you all the glory. I honor you, Lord, and I thank you for answering my prayer and my cry. Oh, you're so good, God. Now, let me give you one last idea. So that's a model for prayer. You're going to have a time to pray, a place to pray. You're going to have a plan for prayer. I gave you a plan out of the Lord's Prayer. And here's the last. This is a bonus point for you as the worship team comes. Pray out loud. Pray out loud. Pray out loud. You know, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray in Luke 11, look at what he says, Luke 11 and verse 2. So Jesus said to them, when you pray, what's that next word? What? Everybody say it out loud. One more time. When you pray, say. That means use your words. Use your mouth. Open your mouth and declare what you're believing for. Contrary to popular belief, the devil cannot read your mind, friend. He cannot. And I want the devil to know when I'm breaking his power and resisting him. I really do. Have you ever, have you ever prayed something out of your mouth? Like in a moment, like you're being led by the Spirit. And you just release something by faith. And your brain goes, what? Anybody ever have that moment? Where something comes out of your spirit. You're contending. You're you're declaring something. And your brain is like, "Uh, wait a minute. Those are good moments for you. And it's one of the reasons. You are a tripart being just like God is. You have a body. You are a soul. You have a spirit. What I want, so much of our battle in our day-to-day lives is bringing our mind into alignment with the mind of the Spirit. Bringing our mind into alignment with the mind of the Spirit. God, what are you declaring? What does your word say? What are your promises? Bob Harrison was doing a leadership conference just a number of months ago. And he was asking, like, what's your knee-jerk reaction when somebody presents you with an opportunity? Like, are you optimistic? Do you have faith for it? Or, Or do you instinctively go to, no, I can't do that. 
I can't afford that. I don't have the team. I don't have the experience. I don't have the ability to do that. And I remember he gave some examples, and my instinctive reaction to most of his examples was negative. This is when I began taking scriptures and putting them on my iPhone, when I began to daily make declarations like this. Why? Because I'm trying to get what the Word of God is, what His Spirit is speaking. I'm trying to get His promises from here because I know they're here. I I can pull them up. I can reference the Bible. But I know it's not all here yet. It's not in my heart but I'm trying to bring my mind into alignment with my spirit. He's got bigger dreams than you do, friend. Remember Bob Harrison was sharing an example. He was talking about a business owner. He had a car rental business, and he would sell. He had a small car lot. And he asked him, do you want to see your business grow? He's like, well, no, I I like the number of cars that I have. I just want to keep them, you know, I just want... A good flow of, of service. You know, I just want to sell the cars that I have and, and I want to rent the cars that I'm renting. And, and he just, he had this limited vision. And he said on one occasion, this man was in a prayer meeting, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying the will of the Father. And there was a person there, didn't know they were a, a, a business owner, but he comes to him and says, I have an interpretation for the tongues you were just praying. Would you like to hear it? Uh, sure, I guess so. He's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you do. But as you were praying in the spirit, I kept on hearing you were praying for a fleet of cars and you were praying for businesses that were spanning multiple states. The mind of the spirit. So what happens when you begin to open your mouth and you begin to declare what the Spirit of God is speaking, what the Word of God is declaring? Not only is every demon in hell and God himself hears, but you're also speaking to this right here. Lord, my soul must come in alignment with the Spirit. And until my soul is naturally in agreement and gives a yes and has faith and it believes for the impossible, I'm going to continue to declare this and pray this and speak this forth and believe it and quote your word and believe that prophetic declaration until I see you move. Hallelujah. I want you to stand all across the room right now. So we're going to practice this right now, okay? Um, we practice something in Kings called a concert of prayer. That means I'm going to give us a prayer directive. We're going to start with praise, priority, provision. We're going to move through the list just like we did a few moments ago. And I'm going to lead us in prayer, but you're not just going to listen to me pray. I'll give us the points. But you are going to open your mouth and you are going to pray. You are going to use your words and you are going to pray to the Father. And we're going to pray effectively, fervently, and he will move on our behalf. Amen. So this is, this, uh, that was weak. I, I sure hope. Are you going to pray with me? All right. So we're going to take the Lord's Prayer and we're going to do this over the next couple minutes. And so I want you, out of your mouth, 
You're going to pray with your spirit, and you're going to pray with your understanding. You're going to lift your voice, and the Lord is going to begin to move. Come on. We're going to praise him. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Come on. Praise him right now. Lord, we bless your holy name. You are good. You are glorious. You are worthy of all praise. We honor and we bless you. Thank you for a people to worship alongside. Thank you for my marriage and my children. Thank you, Lord, that you have supplied for me. Lord, I bless you. I honor you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I praise you and I bless your holy name. You are wonderful. You are mighty. You're magnificent. I honor you. I esteem you hallowed. You are holy. You are set apart. You are unlike any other. You're greater than any God, Lord, that's ever been known to man. You are the great I am. You are wonderful. You are El Shaddai. Lord, you are, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are, oh God, the glorious God. Lord, you are the lion and the lamb. You are the rose of Sharon. You are glorious, almighty God. You are the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Oh Lord, I honor you today. I honor you today. Come on, let's pray for priority. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray, make Kona a hub of your kingdom. Let your kingdom come right here. That when people enter this house, as if they step into heaven, in the name of Jesus, our business, our schools, our place of worship, everywhere we go, let it be your kingdom extended in the name of Jesus. I pray for your will to be done in my life, in my family, in my church, amongst my children, Almighty God. Let your will be done. Let my will fall by the wayside. Let my will come in alignment with your will, O God. Put in my heart, O God, what is your will? What is your desire? What are you speaking to me? Come on, let's pray for provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we believe for your provision. I thank you, God. You are a God who supplies all our need. Then, Lord, you give us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that you desire to prosper us and allow us to be in good health, even as our soul prospers. You give us the power to gain wealth. You bless all the works of our hands, Almighty God. You're opening the treasury of heaven, Almighty God. You're rebuking the devourer. You're destroying the works of the enemy. You're showering us with blessing which cannot be contained. I am the seed of Abraham. I am, oh Lord, your descendant. I have an inheritance in you, Christ Jesus. You have a house for me. You have the eradication of debt. You have savings, Lord, that'll be an inheritance to my children and my grandchildren. You're supplying every need for this house. Our bills will not go unpaid. We will be faithful stewards and be wise with what you commit to our care. Come on, next. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Listen, maybe you're here today and you need to get right with Jesus. You know you've sinned and you've fallen short. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. All you have to do is ask Him and He will forgive you. 
So let's pray for that pardon right now. Lord, your word says that you forgive us our sins, that you're faithful and you're just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So Lord, I give you my sin. We give you our sins, Lord. Forgive us, wash us, cleanse us, every compromise. Every, every sin of the heart, every action we take, even things that we've not done when we knew we should have, we ask you to forgive us, Lord. Wash us by your precious blood. Take our sin and cast it away. Remember it no more. And give us your righteousness in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, I pray, is there anybody I need to forgive? Is there anybody we need to forgive right now? Lord, I forgive. Come on, speak it out. I forgive my father. I forgive my mother. I forgive that boss. I forgive that person who bullied me. I forgive that person who abused me. I forgive that person who hurt me. I forgive that person who slandered me. I forgive that person who professed to be a believer, and yet they wounded me. I forgive them right now. Jesus, you forgave me, and so I forgive them. I don't hold them guilty any longer. I release them to you. Oh, in Jesus' name. Come on, power. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, lead us. Order our steps. Show us where to go and what to do. You're ordering our steps. You're showing us where to go. Lord, may we never fall in temptation. You'll help us to avoid places we should not go. Deliver us. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil, almighty God. Set us free. May nothing bind us or keep us oppressed in our mind, in addiction, in our body, in our soul, almighty God. Deliver us from evil. Oh, and the last one. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I think we're actually playing this right now. Can we just sing this as an act of praise? Come on, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Come on. Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him.
You know what that was right there, church? That was seven minutes of prayer. Seven minutes. Wasn't that powerful? Imagine what would happen if you set aside 15 minutes. If you set aside an hour to pray. Oh, effective, fervent prayers of the righteous people of God availing very much. Oh, my. Oh, my. What I want to ask you today, every person within the sound of my voice, a friend of ours, Dutch Sheets, he leads a, a ministry called Give Him 15. And all he's asking is for people to commit 15 minutes to pray. And what I want to ask, I don't care if you're, you, like maybe you just got forgiven when we were praying a moment ago and you're just surrendering your life. I'm going to ask you to begin by praying for 15 minutes a day. If you're one who is pursuing ministry, the standard that was set for me, and it's uh, Dr. Morocco set the same standard and I've heard it over and over again. If you're pursuing ministry, you ought to be spending two hours a day with the Lord. It's a little more than a tithe of your day. You ought to be spending two hours a day with the Lord. That's in word and in prayer. And so here's my ask today. If you say, Pastor, I'm willing to commit somewhere between 15 minutes and two hours. If you want to do more, hallelujah. But this is what I'm asking. If you're willing to commit somewhere between 15 minutes and two hours a day, I want to see your hand. I'll pray. I'm going to pray. Okay. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is taking note. The Lord is taking note. This is a commitment we're making to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Lord, I ask, show us the time. Show us the place. Give us the plan. We'll pray the Lord's Prayer. Give us another plan if that's what you would have us do. But Lord, every hand that was lifted, we're committing to pray somewhere between 15 minutes minimum and up to two hours a day or more. And we will commit ourselves. We will keep our vow, the commitment we make to you. Hallelujah. How many of you, you say, Pastor, at least one day a week, I'd be willing to commit to early morning prayer, that 6.30 prayer meeting or the 7.30 Sunday morning prayer meeting. How many of you say, I'll, I'll come pray at least one day a week. Hallelujah. 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 I know for some of you that might not work with your schedule, but please please. Hallelujah. 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 What would happen if his people prayed? What would happen if we got serious about prayer? Oh my. Hallelujah. I need to end our service Pray for me. i got to preach this one more time for our Slavic ministry. It's going to be great. I'm going to encourage those guys to pray too. Hallelujah. And I'd love to see you tonight for our baptism. A wonderful time of celebration. Bring some food, enough to share. Hallelujah. And come and celebrate. If, you need to get, if, you're, if your heart's burning, you say, I need to get baptized. I need to get baptized. Please sign up. Let Minister Adele or come over here at Next Steps. Uh, and sign up. Let one of our leaders know. I'd like to sign up for baptism. It's powerful. It's powerful. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. Can I pray one more thing for us? Lord, I know some of us still view ourselves through the lens of a broken heathen. We come into the place of prayer, we come into the place of worship, and we still view ourselves as, I need to clean myself up before I worship the Lord, or I ask for what I need, or I pray for His kingdom, or I participate. And Lord, I'm asking that you would shatter wrong mindsets off of us today. I know you take our sins seriously, and we do too. But I pray that we'll put them in the same order that you did. There were things you cared about more than us in our sin. Lord, I pray the reality that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus would penetrate each and every one of our hearts. And as we walk in that reality, I do believe we will walk more upright and we will look more like you. So help us, Lord. Help us in our weakness. In our weakness, your strength is perfected. In every temptation, you always provide a way out. Help us to see it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I speak a blessing over you? Would you just lift your hands all across this room? Today, I speak the blessing of God over you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Abraham was blessed in every way, may God bless you in every detail of your life. As God blessed Jacob, changing his name to Israel, may your name Christian cause you to be fruitful and multiply in all you set your hands to do. When you're tempted and tried, may you come forth victoriously just as Job, resulting in twice as much as you had before. As you raise your children in the admonition of the Lord, may they in turn grow up godly, bringing honor to your family name. When you honor God with your tithe, may financial and material blessing run you down and overtake you in every area. May the devourer be rebuked and annihilated while others rise up and call you blessed. As you wait upon the Lord, obey his word, and seek him above all else, may the blessing of strength, courage, protection, and favor be your reward. May the Lord watch over and guard your going out and your coming in. Kings Kona, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his light upon you. Be gracious to you and give you peace. I bless you in the name of the Father, in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Amen and amen. Come on, can we praise him one more time?